Praise the Lord. It's the fourth Sunday in the month of March. And God has said to us that the month of March is a month of favor. A month of favor. A month of favor. And my prayer for you is that in this month of March, the favor of God will be evident in every area of your life. In the name of Jesus. In the work of your hands, in your finances, in your business, in your career, in your family. The favor of God will be evident and undeniable in the name of Jesus. This morning we're going to be praying, but before we go into that this morning, I want to um, teach on what I've titled the science and mechanics of favor. The science and mechanics of favor. Don't worry, I'm going to explain what that means in case someone is thinking we are in physics class this morning. The science and mechanics of favor. And God's word to us for the month, I believe it is imperative for me to speak on this, even if it's just for this, you know, today, even if it's just for this um, Sunday morning, if it's just a one-off message, because the Bible says if a trumpet makes an uncertain sound, no one will call himself to the battle. So if God is saying it is a month of favor, how do we walk in the reality of that favor? Because if you'll be honest with yourself, and if you're observant enough, you will know that it is not everyone that receives the promise of God that walks in the reality of those promises. So if God has said it is a month of favor, how do we walk in the reality of that favor? How does that favor become a reality in our lives? In Esther 2 and verse 10, Esther 2 and verse 10, we'll be reading verse 10 and verse 17. Esther chapter 2, verse 10 and verse 17. The Bible says, Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abiel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but what Egai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of how many of us have our Bibles open? Hmm. Media has disappointed you. <laughs> That's why it's good to open your own Bible. Esther 2. So we're going to read it again. Since you, everybody, let's open our Bibles. Praise God. Esther 2. Esther 2. Esther 2. <laughs> Don't depend on them. They can disappoint you again. <laughs> Esther chapter 2. Are we there? Esther chapter 2 and verse 10. So the Bible says, Esther obtained favor in the sight of how many people? In the sight of how many people? In the sight of all that looked upon her. It simply means it is possible for a man to find favor in the sight of everyone they make contact with. And in verse 17, the Bible says that the king loved Esther above all the women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So that it set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. May the Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. So we'll see here the Bible emphasizing the word hall. That Esther found favor in the sight of hall, not in the sight of some. She found favor in the sight of hall. So it simply means that it is possible for a man or a woman to get to a point in their life, right? Oh, sorry, it's Esther 2.15. I said Esther 2.10. Sorry, that was a mistake. Esther 2.15. Esther 2.15, right? So she found favor. The Bible says she found favor in the sight of all, not in the sight of most, not in the sight of some, but in the sight of a whole that looked upon her. 
in the sight of everyone that looked upon her. And in verse 17, the Bible says the king loved her above all. Above all the women. What that simply indicates is that there were other people in that same place where Esther found favor. But you see, the way in which Esther was treated was different from the way every other person was treated. In Luke 2 and verse 52, the Bible says concerning Jesus, that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and with man. The in, uh, 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 Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and with man. So we see here, the Bible telling us that Jesus had favor, not just with God his Father, but also with human beings, also with people. And we see the same thing mentioned about, you know, Samuel, right? The Bible says that the child Samuel also grew in favor with God and with men. In favor with God and with men. I'm trying to show us scriptures, you know, this morning of different people that exp- experience favor. Before I go, you know, deep into our discourse. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 1 verse 3 to verse 4. Daniel chapter 1. Verse 3 to verse 4. The Bible says, And the king spoke unto Aspinas, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well what? Well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge and understanding science. And such as that ability in them to stand in the king's palace. And whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. So you see the king here. One of the requirements he gave to his chief of staff. Is that the people that are going to be around me. They have to be people that the favor of God is visible upon their life. Because this was a king that understood the power of association. He understood that the, uh, uh, the things you are able to achieve in your kingdom will be largely dependent on the quality of people you surround yourself with. You see, no matter how massive your vision, no matter how big your dream, if you are surrounded with people that do not have favor, right, or you are surrounded with people that are not seeing what you are seeing, there is a likelihood that vision will never see the light of day. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? This morning I want us to understand that nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. If you ever see something happening and that consistently, there is a principle or there is a science behind it. There is something that is making that thing work. One of the things, you know, people do in this part of our own country, or maybe, you know, maybe I don't know if it's a general African thing, but people just assume that when you see someone, something is working for, the person is just lucky. All of us have had that before. That that guy is lucky. (laughs) Is lucky. Why are you not as lucky as he is? Why are you not as lucky? You see, when people say lucky, sometimes I agree. I say yes. But the real definition of luck is laboring under correct knowledge. There is something that person knows that you don't know. And let me tell you this, there is a science to favor. You know, some people say things like, sometimes favor has been defined as unmerited, you know, act of kindness. But in a a sense, it is not true. Because favor does not happen in a vacuum. Let me tell you this, if you see someone who is consistently experiencing favor, they merited it. It's a merit. There's no unmerited. It doesn't just, you see, God doesn't just place his favor on people. 
Is it that someone did something right for that individual? For instance, you look at when God made the covenant with Abraham, right? The covenant was not just going to, you know, end with Abraham. It was going to get to his children and to his children's children. So if you see someone walking in favor or someone that something is working for, is it that they are doing something that you know not of or someone has done something on their behalf? But nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. We live in a kingdom of mysteries. Because the Bible tells us that he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And you see, so when we give our lives to Christ, one of the things that happens is that we become part of a kingdom. And the kingdom of God, you know, thrives or works with mysteries. Mystery simply means hidden secrets. Coded secrets. Right? Not hidden from us, but hidden for us. You see, it's a mystery. I call it a mystery because oftentimes when you look at it, it really doesn't make sense. That's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29. It says, the, uh, 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 it, it, how do they put it now? Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29. It says that the secret things belong to God. It said, but the things he has revealed, they belong to us and to our children right forever. Why? So that we may do all the words of the law. You see that? The secret things that belong to God. So it simply means God has secrets. He has mysteries. He has things that, you know, he, 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 he keeps for certain people. His principles are his mysteries. They are mysteries because when you look at it, uh, uh, it, it seems as if it doesn't make sense. That when I do this, how will this produce this? So that's where the mystery is. That's where the mystery is. You know, the law of mathematics says that, you know, uh, uh, the, the, that the more you gather, the more you have. But the mystery of the kingdom is, right, I, I think it's Proverbs, is it Proverbs 11, 24 or 25? It says there is it that scatters, and yet it increases. But mathematics tells you that if you are scattering too much, it's going to be reducing. But the mystery of the kingdom says that the more you scatter, the more you have. The more you scatter, the more you have. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs 25 and verse 2. It says that it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it is the honor of kings to search it out. It's the glory of God to conceal the thing. It simply means that God conceals things. And you say, when the people that are not of your faith, the people who are not a part of our kingdom, when they criticize some of our practices, we understand. It's not because they want to, it's because they don't understand it. Because it's a mystery. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. You see, someone can look at you as a believer and say, oh, this is your prayer, prayer, prayer. Is it about prayer? There is a mystery behind prayer. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? There is a mystery behind it. It's not just that you are jobless or you are not thinking or you are not in your right frame of mind. There is a mystery. There is a mystery behind fasting. How does not eating, how does it make things work faster? It's a mystery. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a mystery. Because when you try to, you know, use logic, you might not really be able to explain it with logic. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, right? But it's a mystery. It's part of the mystery of the kingdom. And the same, in the same way, we need to understand that favor is one of the mysteries of the kingdom. You see, as a believer, one of the things you must seek for is you need to seek for favor. By the grace of God, you know, I thought we're, I, I, we're going to do it this month, but I didn't feel, you know, impressed that we should go ahead. But before the end of this year, before the middle of this year, we are going to spend a whole month just praying for favor. Just like we did last month praying for help. We're going to spend a whole month, minimum, just asking for nothing but favor. 
Let me tell you this. The day you experience favor or the day you begin to experience it, you will not want to live another day of your life without it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know what I'm talking about. By the grace of God, I've enjoyed some dimension of favor, but there, I know there are greater dimensions to experience. When people see you and they just prefer you, you yourself might not be able to explain it to why they like you, but you see, there are ways to make these things happen. There are ways to make these things happen. As a business person, as a career person, you see, as a single, whatever it is you want to get involved in in life, you need the favor of God. If you don't have the favor of God upon you, it will show in your effort. Because you will be, you will, you will have to say, when people say things like they are hustlers, and we say they should not hustle, I understand why they think that it is impossible not to hustle. Because they understand they don't have favor. So they must catch up through labor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Well, let me tell you this. There is no amount of labor that can make a man that is hustling catch up with a man that is favored. Because what favor does is that it opens unto you doors that naturally you would have never been able to open by yourself. You look at someone like David. David was in the wilderness standing his father's sheep. And the Bible says that in the palace, the king had a problem of depression. And somebody recommended David. You know the amazing thing is the Bible did not mention the name of that guy. Because it's not necessary. It was God's agent of favor for David. And that was David's first entrance into the palace. David's first entrance into the future that God had for him. And the Bible says, he said, ah, probably that guy has not even had David play before. Because when he described David, he said he's a mighty man of war. At that time, David had not fought one battle. <laughs> and favor was speaking. Favor was speaking. So, the guy recommended David and David came into the palace. You look at someone like Esther. <laughs> I strongly believe it wasn't that Esther was more beautiful than the other contestants. But the Bible says she obtained favor. You see, if it was the beauty that made them to select her, the Bible would have told us. The Bible would have said that Esther was more beautiful than all the contestants. But the Bible says that she obtained favor, right? Above, in the sight of all of the virgins. No, 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 no. That's verse 15, right? I'm quoting verse 15. The Bible says that she found favor before everyone that looked upon her. And in verse 17, the Bible says she obtained favor, grace and favor, in the in her sight, that is in the sight of the king, more than all the virgins. So it wasn't even the virginity that made the king to prefer her. Because she was not the only virgin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All those things are good, but if you have all those things without favor, you might still struggle. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So favor doesn't just happen. There is a science to it. There are favor mechanics. There are favor mechanics. Uh, media, please just control it. You didn't give me control yet, so just do it from there. So what is a science? In this context, science is the intellectual and practical activity, right, encompassing the systemic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. What does that mean? It simply means, you see, uh, uh, science is what some people, the science of the thing is how something works, which is based on research. It's based on empirical validation, right? It's not just based on what somebody's just saying off their head. It is based on study. It is based on research. And that's why everything I'm going to be talking about this morning, how to, you know, uh, invoke the favor of God, you're going to see me mentioning scriptures and giving examples, right? And when we talk about mechanics, mechanics in simple terms is the way in which something is done or operated. It's the way in which something is done or operated. So it simply means there is a way you can conduct yourself 
that will make you a magnet for favor. And there is a way you can conduct yourself that will make you a magnet for disfavor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> How about I've met people like that? That everybody just likes them. People just like them. If they say the person is likable, <laughs> we say they are being liked. It's favor. And there are some people, people don't just like them. Haven't you seen people that they walk into a room and everybody just keeps quiet? Like, what's this person doing here now? It's his favor. If they're expressing that, you need to pray against it. Am I making sense this morning? Why do you need favor? Why? Why do you need favor? In case someone is thinking, mm, do we need favor? Is, is it really that important? Let me walk. Let me also. Let me do jaman jaman. <laughs> Why do you need favor? Number one. Because God, what God wants to do in and through your life cannot be accomplished in your own strength. What God wants to do in and through your life cannot be accomplished just by your strength, just by your efforts. The second reason why you need favor is because qualifications are never enough. Qualifications are never enough. The same Bible that tells us, right, that David led the children of Israel through the integrity of his hand and the skillfulness of his hand. It's the same Bible that tells us in Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 11. It said, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding. Nor yet favor to men of skill. Did you see that? <laughs> he said, nor favor to men of skill. Now, is the Bible now saying that you should not have skill? No. Is it saying you should not be wise? No. Is it saying you should not be strong? No. Is it telling you not to be swift, that you should not be slow in life and be sluggish? That's not what he's saying. But he's trying to tell you that in spite of the wisdom, in spite of the skill, you need to understand that there is a place of favor. There is a place of favor. There is a place of favor. Another reason why you need the favor of God is because favor is a differentiator. Favor is a differentiator. Favor is a differentiator. Esther was not the only contestant. David was not the only son of Jesse when he was anointed king. He wasn't the only son. When God sent Samuel to the house of Jesse, God told him to go anoint a king over Israel. And so when Samuel got there, naturally, the first person you would want to anoint as king is the first child, isn't he? The first son of the house, Eliab. And God said, I've rejected him. What will make God accept a man and make him reject another one? What? And the first son, he skipped the first son, skipped the second son, skipped the third son, skipped all the sons. Ah. Someone must have thought, maybe I didn't hear God well. So he had to ask, do you have any other son? He said, yes. Ah, what? Is he really a son? <laughs> Let me tell you this. I don't know where people have despised you, but in this month of March, we express the favor of God. In the name of Jesus. You know, they had written David off because he was not kingship material. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He was not kingship material. They looked at him. You know, in his father's imagination, when they said the prophet was coming to anoint a king, he did not even tell David because, ah, it can't be him. I pray for you this morning that God will do something for you this year that people, everyone around your circle of influence never talk will happen to you. And it will happen by the favor of God in the name of Jesus. You know, there are people you see, I don't know if you know people like that and you know that naturally it shouldn't be them. It shouldn't, you just know that ah, haven't you met people you are smarter than and are doing better than you? Haven't you met them? Except if you are not being honest. You look at someone and say, ah, I'm smarter than this guy now. 
I had better grace than him when we were in school. Story. Story for the gods. He has moved ahead. Praise the Lord. Daniel was not the only king's seed. The Bible says that the, 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 the king told the eunuch to go get, you know, from the king's seed. He said men that were well favored. He was not the only king's seed. Him and his friends, they were not the only king's seed. Yet they were part of the ones that were chosen. Why? Because favor is a differentiator. People might not know why, but he said, why do you think people do, you know, engage in diabolical stocks to sell their markets? Why? Why do you think people do that? Because even the people of the world, they understand that there is something called favor. People can walk past 10 stores to go to one corner of nowhere to buy from a man. Because the favor of God is upon that business. I decree and declare over every business person in this house, the favor of God will differentiate your business. In the name of Jesus. I don't know the competition you are faced with and your position in your industry, but the favor of God will differentiate you. In this month of March, the favor of God will differentiate you. Why do you need the favor of God? You need the favor of God because the favor of God preserves. The favor of God preserves. And we see that in the life of Noah. In Genesis 6 and verse 8. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. In the Amplified Version. The Bible says, Noah found favor and grace in the, in the eyes of the Lord. Did you see that? He found favor. It was because Noah found, because there were several human beings that were alive in those days. Right? There were several human beings. You see that? Now, however, Noah, however, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So why didn't God tap someone else on the shoulder figuratively? Why didn't God choose another family? Why was it the family of Noah? Why was it the only one that was preserved when the flood was coming? It was because of favor. The Bible tells us why. He said because he found favor in Not because he prayed a lot. A man can be a prayer warrior and not have favor. Huh? Don't you see people like that? They pray, their tongues is like machine gun. <laughs> but there is no favor. There is no favor. And there are some people who seem not to be praying so much. And you just see, you know, they are just moving swiftly through life. And you see, let me tell you this. If you don't have the favor of God upon your life, and if you don't understand the science and mechanics of it, you can enter into offense. It's not even you can enter. You will enter into offense. Because you will see yourself doing so much. And you know that this person is not doing so much. And you can get into offense. Ah, God, what did I do now? What's my offense? So instead of praying, you now begin to report that person to God. God, but you know I'm better than, you now become a Pharisee. You know, that was what happened to the Pharisees. That guy that Jesus spoke about, the guy went into the synagogue and said, God, you know I pay my tithes. I'm better than this guy. Something must have been happening in the life of other people that that guy didn't see in his life. That made him get to that point. Instead of talking to God and started reporting other people. And let me tell you this, it can happen to anyone. That's why you must prioritize the favor. Why do you need the favor of God? Because without favor, the journey and labor of life becomes a frustrating experience. The journey and the labor of life becomes a frustrating experience. Why? Because you will be doing so much, yet you will have so little. Doing so much, yet having little to show. Favor. Why do you need the favor of God? Because favor makes men and God to overlook your errors. Hmm. Favor makes God and men to overlook your errors. Haven't you seen people that they do something and just leave him, leave her. No, she doesn't mean it. And some other people say, no, it means it. What do you mean by it doesn't mean it? That's how we are. So, <laughs> even when the person that you said did not mean it is the one that meant it. It's favor. 
You look at someone like Saul. And you look at someone like David. David's offenses were more than that of Saul. Way more. Saul never murdered anybody. In fact, his offenses that he did not murder enough people. <laughs> because God said, go destroy the Amalekites. He said, ah, he kept the king back. He kept back gold. He said, I want to sacrifice. God said, he died actually for sacrifice. I've taken away the kingdom from you. It's favor. It's favor. Favor makes men and God to overlook your errors. That's why, let me tell you this, never adopt the lifestyle of someone whose secret place you don't understand. Some people just say, ah, this person, they did it now, they went country. It doesn't matter. Me too, I can do it. You may not survive it. You may not. <laughs> Haven't you seen people that you hear someone, you hear scandal about some ministries or about a, a particular individual and that's the end? And you hear scandal about someone else and it's as if the work grows. Haven't you seen that? You now say, you see, you see, scandal does not really matter. You now get involved in scandal. I've had someone before, not that my pastor told me, you know, <laughs> this one was not even scandal. There was a misunderstanding between the pastor and the wife. And the wife slapped the pastor. In church. That was the end of that church. No scandal, just slap. So you two can look at that and say, ah, the scandal does not matter. You may not survive the scandal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because for some people, is that scandal that makes people to even like them? I want to listen to them. How can you say somebody like this? I want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> it's favor. If you don't have the favor and you do that, that might be your end. The favor of God makes men to overlook your errors. It makes men to overlook your errors. Why do you need the favor of God? Because favor is the restorer of lost things. Favor restores lost things. You see that in the life of the Jews. They had been enslaved. They had been in lack for over 400 years. Their father had labored, worked for so much, yet they were paid no wages. But the Bible says in Exodus 3 and verse 21, God said, I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it will come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. So when a, when a Jew went to, uh, to an Egyptian and he said, I need your gold. Favor made him hand it over to him. Now, this is somebody you know you will never see again. They are about to leave. Because, you see, some might look at that and say, ah, but what God was doing in that place is he was restoring to them the wealth of their fathers. Their father had labored for decades, for centuries, and they were paid no wages. So God restored in one day what generations have labored for. So the favor of God, let me tell you this, the fact that you have labored for something does not mean it will come to you. You need the favor of God to restore whatever it is that may have been lost. Why do you need the favor of God? Because the favor of God gives you recognition among your competition. It gives you recognition among your competition. First Samuel 16 and verse 22. The Bible says, and Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. He has found favor in my sight. He has found favor in my sight. This was the time that David came to the palace to play the harp when the king was depressed. I strongly believe it was not only David that knew how to play the harp. It couldn't have been the only one because the harp was a common instrument of music back in those days. But why the soul asked for David to stay in the palace, not just to be coming and going, he asked that he would live with him in the palace. That was where he became friends with Jonathan. He said, because he has found favor in my sight. Because he has found favor in my sight. This month, may you find favor with the right people. In the name of Jesus. May you find favor with the right people. In the name of Jesus. 
So what is favor? What is favor? What is favor? Because if you don't say the thing about favor is favor is a mystery that you cannot really define. It can only be explained. But when it is upon a man, you will know it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I just want to explain favor in three or four ways. Number one, favor is God's demonstrated delight upon an individual. Favor is God's demonstrated delight upon an individual. And that's what the Bible says in 1 Samuel 2 and verse 26. It says, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor with God and also with men. The child Samuel grew on. That's why you see every parent in the house. One of the things you must do for your children is that from an early age, you must be praying the favor of God upon them. That they will just grow and the people will just be liking them. They will not know, but it will be as a result of the prayer you have banged on their behalf. Because see, the Bible says someone was a child. Do you want to tell me at this age, someone was already praying? He knew how to pray for favor. He couldn't have. The Bible says the child someone grew and he was in favor with the Lord and also with men. That favor was what made God to bypass the prophet Eli and spoke to a child about the future of Israel. Favor. 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 Hmm. The second way we can describe favor is divine approval and endorsement. Divine approval and endorsement. Divine approval and, and endorsement. That is, it is a tangible evidence of God's approval. In Genesis 39 and verse 21, the Bible says the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You see, if not because of the fact that Joseph had favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Huh? He wouldn't have met the baker and the butler. Who eventually recommended him to Pharaoh. Because of the favor he had. Because every, the Bible says that Joseph woke up one morning. And he was walking about. And he saw, if you are a prisoner, a prisoner should not be walking around anyhow. It was the favor he had before the keeper of the prison that gave him the freedom that allowed him to move around which made him to notice the people that eventually recommended him in the future. The favor of God. Divine approval. How do we describe the favor of God? The favor of God is God's uncommon exemption from common occurrences. Favor is God's uncommon exemption from common occurrences. Hmm. That is, something is happening to every other person in a negative dimension, but it is not happening to you. Even you, you can't explain it. You know, the amazing thing about favor is that sometimes, except you are schooled in it, you might be experienced. In fact, everyone that, is, that works in favor, the way it happens is that it is over time you will just recognize that ah, there is something different happening to me. You know, hmm. I say this with every sense of humility because it was over the years that I also recognized it. There is no one, anyone of note, that I've been privileged to meet that I've ever lost the relationship. None. None. Not one. Not that I cannot remember. There is none. It's favor. I've met people that, the people that God used to introduce me to those people, those people have been cut off. You know, if you want to cut someone off, you should really cut off the person and the person they brought. Because something should tell you that this person that brought this person, they, there must be something between them that looks alike. So if this person is messing up, there is a potential this person will also mess up in the future. 
please, friends, prioritize the favor of God. Prioritize, see, <laughs> when you begin to walk in favor, your efforts in life will reduce. I know what it is to live a life with favor, and I know what it is to live a life without it. I've experienced both, and I, I can tell you, living a life of favor is better. Living a life of favor is better. You see, when you begin to experience favor, especially in the area of finances, people will be, that's when people will, <laughs> people will be saying, what are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> Where are they seeing money? So when people can never explain, they say, they are stealing money. <laughs> if people have not started saying that about you, you are not experiencing favor. If people can attribute everything in your life financially and materially to your labor, ah, we will buy that now. Can't you see what he's doing? He's doing this, doing this, doing, he's doing like that. <laughs> you are not experiencing favor yet. Hmm. Also, we need to understand that favor is unsolicited help. Favor is unsolicited help. People just want to help you. They just want to support you. They just want to help you. They just want to support you. There are people that I also know who carry favor. <laughs> because sometimes, I just hear that certain people want to do something and something just moves me. And I just realize that I'm not the only one doing that for them. And over time, I just realize that, no, this person, <laughs> there is something that is moving me to do this. Some say, there is a dimension of favor you get to. There is not that you even receive. When you are starting out in favor, one of the things you must do is you must be desperate for it. The way favor works is like when an airplane wants to take off. When an airplane wants to take off, there is so much noise, there is so much drag, there is so much effort. But the moment it gets into the sky, 30,000 feet above sea level, there is so much, there is ease. But if you have not, <laughs> see, may you be delivered from a life of comparison. Someone that knows you don't have favor, you know someone that has favor, you want to be copying their lifestyle. Ha! Ha! Let me tell you this. Somebody that has favor, he can do something for five hours. You might need to do it for 50 hours. If you see, the thing about favor is, if you don't have it here, don't pretend like you have it. That's why most people never have favor. They pretend, see, one of the things God has helped me to do is, I'm very honest with myself. Sometimes I do some things and I look at myself in the mirror and say, I think, do you know that was stupid? But somebody in his right senses should not behave the way you just behaved. Because naturally, see, but Wumima cannot tell me that. Mr. Zika cannot tell me that. Are you, nobody in this shop will tell me that if I do something stupid. Can you? <laughs> My pastor might not know if I did something stupid. But me, I know. So I should be able to tell myself. Many people are not that honest with themselves. And the problem is some people, they know they are not working in faith. In fact, they know it is disfavor they are experiencing every day. But they are still pretending as if everything is fine. They are still pretending. <laughs> May God deliver you from pretense. So please understand there are two dimensions and operations of favor. Which we have seen from Luke 2 verse 52 and from 1 Samuel 2 verse 26. Where the Bible says concerning Jesus. The Bible says and saying concerning Jesus and Samuel that they increased, that they had favor with God and with men. They had favor with God and with men. So the two dimensions and operations of favor is favor with God and favor with man. Favor with God and favor with man. I won't be able to get into the man part today. I will only mention the favor, you know, probably at the midweek recharge on Wednesday, you know, I'll do that or, or maybe next week Sunday. I don't know yet. Maybe most likely on Wednesday I'll continue. 
But you say, what it takes? That's why I said there is a science to this thing. Favor with God should be your ultimate pursuit. But favor with man should also be important to you. Am I making sense this morning? Some people, especially believers, we have favor with God. God is so much in love with you. But people don't like you. You will still struggle. It's just like the two wings of an aircraft or the two wings of a bird. You don't choose one and ignore the other. You need both. You need both. And the mistake some people make is that they are trying to have favor with men. So they are sending gifts, doing this, doing that. If God does not open the heart of men to you, every act of kindness can even be misinterpreted. I say, ah, what is this? God? How bad is it? <laughs> you see, may God give you the wisdom to relate with great people. You will discover so many things. You will learn what to do and what not to do. I've been with very successful people that when people send things to them, they will just, ah, this person is choking me. Ah, this person is choking me. Ah. I'll be like, God, I hope my own gift is not choking. <laughs> At times, see, because there is no favor with God. There are, people are trying to do things in the natural that they have not settled in the spiritual. When you have favor with God, when you begin to, you know, put in place the things that should provoke favor with men, it will be easy. It will be easy. I hear what I'm saying this morning. So how do you have favor with God? How? How do you have favor with God? Number one is righteousness. Number one is righteousness. That's what the Bible says in Psalms 5 and verse 12. It says, the Lord will bless the righteous. And with favor, he will surround him as with a shield. The Lord will bless the righteous. He will bless him with favor. Psalms 5 and verse 12. Psalms 5 and verse 12. The Lord will bless the righteous. And with favor, he will surround him. Did you see that? With favor, he will surround him. Encompassing as with a shield. The righteous. Righteousness is in two parts. There is right standing and there is right doing. Some people have been erroneously taught that once you are born again, one saved is forever saved. Not true. If one saved is forever saved, the Bible will not say that you should walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. If one saved is forever saved, the Bible will not say that it is possible to turn back, turn your back against what you have once believed in. So it is not just enough, you see, when you give your life to Christ, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But that does not confer on you the other righteousness that comes through your works, that comes through living right. So there is right standing, there is right doing. And it is both, right, that makes you a magnet for God's favor. For God's favor. You see someone like Joseph, when Joseph said to Polyvar's wife, he said, he, he said, what will I do this and sin against God? That was right doing. That was right doing. He didn't say, what will I do it and my boss will catch me. It wasn't about the boss. It was about God. It was about living a righteous life. We live in a time and in a generation where the standards of morality is being shifted by the day. Being shifted. Let me tell you this. The only ghost has not metamorphosed. That's what the Bible says. The same God, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His standard is still his standard. Daniel experienced the favor of God. 
It was said concerning him that he was well favored. But why? Why was he well favored? The Bible says concerning Daniel in Daniel chapter 1. It says that Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. He proposed. He said righteousness is a decision. It's not a gift. It's a decision. It's a decision. You decide that I want to live right. That in spite and regardless of what has become common in my present age and time and dispensation, I'm still going to live right before God. I'm going to live right before God. You see, everybody comes to church on Sunday. We are all saints. But are we saints Mondays through Saturday nights? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those things, there is a way it does the flow of favor. When you study the scriptures, there was no one that experienced the favor of God that lived anyhow. None. Not one. From Genesis to Revelation, if you see one, show me. Not one. Not one. The only person you can mention is David. And when David did it, it was not a conscious heart. That's why when the prophet came to him and told him a parable, he said there was a man huh, who was very rich. He had several cattle. A friend came to visit him. He did not take out of that his sheepfold. He went to his neighbor. That had only one with his wife and two kids. When David died, he said, hey, what kind of a wicked man is that? We must kill that man. The prophet looked at him and said, you are the one. He said, how am I the one? He said, you took another man's wife. He said, it was a mistake of the head, not the mistake of the heart. Many people know what is right, but they just, mm, we, we are in the grace dispensation. If you don't want to be disgraced, you better don't misinterpret grace. Am I making sense this morning? Righteousness. Righteousness. Number two step to provoking favor with God, to finding favor with God, is humility. Humility. Somebody say humility. Humility. Hmm. Humility. James 4 and verse 6, the Bible says God resists the proud, but it gives grace that is undeserved favor to the humble. In James 4 and verse 10, the Bible says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you. This is a proud and arrogant generation. With little change, people get puffed up. The money you account can if you 1,000 people on a daily basis. You don't have anything yet. Bring down your shoulder. One thing I've come to realize is that people who acknowledge the fact that it is God that lifted them, they are always very humble. Very humble. In fact, some people you even pass by. <laughs> you see, when you see someone that just who isn't just touching new money, you know that this is the first or someone that has suffered for so long and they now get money. You will know because by their appearance you shall know them. Someone who is already used to wealth, you just know there's something about this person, but you might not really notice because they are simple people. But a poor, you know, poverty is not a function of cash; it's a function of the mind. There are poor people who have cash. You will just see every, there, there will be a big chain, big chain, big chain, every kilo day. By looking at you, we can estimate your net worth. You are a failure. Some people, everything about them is on them. They are moving with their assets. The asset is in phone, is in shoe. There is nothing anywhere. If you grab them like this and you say ransom, there is no ransom anywhere. They are the ransom. They are the ransom. The shoe is the ransom. The phone is the ransom. The watch is the ransom. Humility. Humility. In Job 34 and verse 32, Job said, what I see not, teach me. 
This is the man that the Bible says he was the wealthiest in the East in his days. It's just like saying the wealthiest man now in the UAE. Do you know how rich that person will be? It was the same East. And yet, it was the one that said, what I see not, teach me. What else are you looking for? What, what else do you want to learn? I've come to understand that truly successful people are teachable and that's why they become successful. I've seen people that they will see me reading and they say, oh, this American principle. Oh, this thing does not work here. And I can see why things are not working in their life. It doesn't work here. It doesn't. But you read American book, physics. You read it when you wanted to pass my head, didn't you? <laughs> you see, why people struggle in life is not far-fetched if you pay attention. One of it is pride. Pride. A lot of, you see, when you, when you humble yourself, you see, humility is not a gift. Oh. I was like, that person is just humble. They chose to be humble. They chose to be. They chose to be. Because it is my culture, there are some people I cannot, you know, be standing and be greeting. I go flat. Some people in their culture, their culture is kneeling down, frustrating. But they are now big boys and big girls. Some people cannot even kneel down to greet their parents again because they are earning salary now. Watch it. God looks at all those things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He looks at all those things. Some people, the place where you are demonstrating your pride unconsciously is in your conversation with your parents. Your parent calls you, you allow the call to ring, ring, ring before you pick him. I say, mm, I'll call him back. Daddy wants to ask for money again. <sighs> wants to ask for money. What if he had aborted you? We have money to give. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Humility, humility, humility. How do you relate with elderly people? The Bible says when you see the hoary head, you should rise up. It simply means you, you see, I was at the bank during the course of the week and I was stripped. There was this, but I don't want to mention the name of the bank. You know, there was this signage there. The people that you should give right of pass to. One of the people they wrote, they said pregnant women, you know, um, elderly people. They said, wow, they have sense in this bank. I say, I know, I got here before you move. All of us, we are going somewhere. And you can see this is an old man. Don't you want to grow old? Because let me tell you, he's a seed. Somebody too will treat you like that in your old age. It's only a matter of time. And you will grow old by the grace of God. So that you can receive the harvest. <laughs> Praise the Lord. One way you know people are not humble is that you can't teach them anything. A proud person is not interested in the opinion of others. They know enough. Number three way to provoking favor with God or to finding favor with God is obedience. 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 Please understand this. Obedience is not doing what you are told. Obedience is doing what you are told when you are told to do it. So when you do it at your own timing, it's no longer obedience. It's convenience. The Bible tells us about Noah. Why did Noah find favor with God? Because when God told him, build an ark, it did not make sense. Is that because the rain is coming? As at that time, they had, that kind of rain had not fallen. In fact, I think that was the first rain that fell, according to scriptures. He had not seen rain before. And God gave him an instruction. According to maybe theology and Zerubbabel, they said that the construction of that ark took 120 years. And God looked at 
So somebody can obey me for this long. No, you, had, you see, it's not that fault. It's not, I don't believe that that was the first instruction God gave him. God have been, must have been giving him several instructions he obeyed. That God now said, this one, I'll single him out of every other person. This one is not meant for destruction. Genesis 6.22, it says, Thus did Noah, according to how that God commanded him, so did he. Did you see that? According to all, everything God told him to do, he did. You see, the amazing thing about obeying God is that when God speaks to you, he doesn't say it for everybody to hear. You are the only one he tells. You are the only one hearing it. So if you disobey, we don't know. You are the only one that can really tell if you are obeying God's instructions to you. You are the only one. You look at someone like Esther also. The Bible says concerning Esther, that even when she became a queen, that she still listened and obeyed. She listened to and obeyed Mordecai as that when she was still under his house. When she was still living in his house. She was the queen of the most powerful empire. In her days, yet she still obeyed Mordecai, her uncle, her foster father. If God leaves you beyond where you are now, the people you are listening to now, can you still listen to them? Can you still listen to them? Or is it condition that has made crayfish to bend? It is condition that is making you sit down and listen. They say, Go, they say, Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but now, maybe God blesses you with a Range Rover now. Can you still be instructed? Let me tell you this. Material things are very fickle. Very, very fickle. If you are using the latest now, it won't be the latest next year. In 10 years time, that thing that is so big to you, you might even be ashamed to take it around. So if those things is what is making you disobedient to God and to the authority figures he has placed in your life, ah, <laughs> I've seen people rise very high and fall very flat. In my short life, I've seen it. That's why the Bible says you don't judge things before it's time. You don't judge things before it's time. Next, sources of favor. Sources of favor. Sources of favor. If you want to experience the favor of God, sources of favor into other people's life. What does that mean? Just do things for people that you know they don't deserve. Just do it. What you make happen for others is what God will make happen for you. You just see, there are times that I just do things for people because especially when you notice that they get your favor in your life, is already reducing. You have to increase it by sowing seeds of favor. At times I just think, ah, when I notice I've not experienced favor for a while, I just think, who can I do something for? Who can I do something for? And that's how when you sow those seeds, that's how God one day to just, ah, who can I do something for? Ah, Akin. <laughs> you know, that was what happened to Mordecai. Mordecai saved the king. Did you know that? And nothing was done for him. But that seed had been saved in the bank of heaven. God does not forget seed soul. Let me tell you this. Seeds don't die. They don't. Seeds don't die. <laughs> they don't. It might take a while for them to germinate, but seeds don't die. Seeds don't die. That's why you say, as a believer, if you are a giver, you must learn to consistently speak to your seeds. That they must produce so, he saved the man, the king from being assassinated. So, years down the line, another man wanted to kill him. By the name of a man. Not knowing that he had already sown a seed. A man that saved someone from death, he has sown a seed. They cannot be murdered. So, the day wanted to carry out a sinister agenda. When he was at the courtyard, the king had already read overnight what he did. So, the king called him and said, 
What do you think we should do for someone that the king wants to honor? The stupid guy thought he was the one. He said, let the king take his best this, best that, and let somebody go, the one the king respects, to go before the man. And he said, look at the one that the king favors, the one the king honors. The king looked at him and said, go and do that for Mordecai. Because he had already sown a seed of favor. When was the last time you helped someone? It's not everybody that needs your help to pray in tongues for. It's not everybody that says, let's pray together. Some people, you just, what you need is, it's not gift of tongues, it's gift of cash. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So seeds of favor. Next is right company. Right company. Right company. Associate with favored people. You see, after does this several times, some will listen, some will not listen. It's fine. Even Jesus gave the parable of the sower. He said they sowed the seed, only 25% germinated. And he was trying to tell us about the mysteries of the kingdom. So, some theologians said that in every church setting, no matter how large, it's only 25% of the people that respond immediately to what is being taught from the pulpit. I hope you are part of the 25%. Be careful in your association. When Daniel experienced favor, his friends were also lifted. <laughs> Did you see that? He said, if you are hanging around people who have no favor, who are disfavored, you will also carry it one day. It's only a matter of time. Because spiritual things rub off. It rubs off through association. It does. It does. I can't explain it, but it's a spiritual mystery. It does. If everybody around you are struggling, they are always complaining, guy, change your association. I'm not saying that you ignore them and say you don't know them again, but reduce your exposure to them. Everybody around you can't be struggling. No, 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 no. What's wrong? Everybody around you can't be. You are broke. It's not a crime that you are broke. You are on your way to your wealthy place. But that all your friends are broke, it becomes a problem. It becomes a problem. You might die broke. See, notice, pay attention to poor people. All their friends are poor. All their friends are poor. Just go and pay attention. If you see anyone that has been poor for a long time, go and check it. All their friends are poor. And they'll be talking about how bad the economy is. You lost your job, huh? Get to the lost job. Me, I can't lose my job. Get to the lost. <laughs> they lost their job. And by the grace of God, I've never lost any job. Even when I was in paid employment. Any job I left, I was the one that left. We need to walk in the consciousness of this thing. You can't be hanging around failures and expect to be a success. You can't want favor and everyone around you, they are disfavored. Everything they talk about is how they wanted to, they submitted one contract, they have said they will call me, they did not call me back. If that is your experience, look for people who have the right things to say. You can't be struggling in business and all your friends are also struggling in business. No! The right company. The right company. Very critical. When Saul came into the company of the prophets, the Bible says that Saul also prophesied. He didn't have to do anything. Just by being in the company of the prophet, the grace of the prophetic came upon him. Next, if you want to have favor with God, prioritize Zion. The prioritization of Zion. Hmm. In Psalms 102 and verse 13, the Bible says you will, you will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time is now. What is Zion? Zion is the church. Zion is the church in prophecy. It simply means when you spend time in Zion, there is no way the favor upon Zion will not rest upon you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prioritize. You see, when the Bible tells us that we should not forsake the gathering together of the believers, it's not because God wants to be seeing your face. He's seeing you anywhere you are. 
But there is something. Haven't you noticed that when you are praying alone, and when you are praying in concert, in church, there is a difference. How many of us have noticed there is a difference? There's a, you see, I'm a pastor. I pray a lot. I know there is a difference. Even me as a pastor, I know there is a difference. There is something that happens. Don't we? You see, and the Bible is saying here, it says, God will have favor upon Zion. So when you consistently prioritize Zion, when you make Zion your priority, when you appear in Zion, the favor that is upon Zion will rub off on you. It will rub off on you. Because, you see, there is nobody that makes contact with a spiritual atmosphere that lives the same. Nobody. You might not know something has happened to you, but if you are not spiritually sound, if you enter a shrine, a demon has entered you, if you don't know. Nobody enters a spiritual atmosphere and lives the same. No one. In the same way, you can't come into God's presence. That's what the Bible says. As many as appear before God in Zion. Psalms 4 and verse 7. It says they go from strength to strength. It is as many as appear before God in Zion and do spiritual gymnastics. No, the mere fact that you appear, there is something that rubs off. Haven't you seen people? Maybe you are one of the people it has happened to. You were feeling sick. You came for service and you just noticed after service you are already okay. And nobody prayed for you. Because you appeared in Zion. The same way when you appear in Zion, one of the things you must expect is, ah, I've been in God's presence today. There is no way as I step out this week that the favor of God has not rested upon me. How can you leave God's presence and you go and meet this favor on the way? No, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. The next thing is kingdom addiction. Kingdom addiction. Kingdom addiction. Matthew 6 and verse 33. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing will be added to you. A man or woman who will experience God's favor must prioritize what is important to God. He must prioritize it. You see, if you want to find favor with someone, you must know what is important to that person. You must just know. For instance, if you want to find favor with me, there are things you must know about me. If you want to find favor with God, there are things you must just know about God. One of the things I do, and I'm going to talk about that when I talk about favor with men, how to find favor with men. When I want to meet anyone of note, do research. I don't just meet people casually. Ah, no, 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 no. It's very ignorant and stupid to do that. There are people that have bad opportunities. In fact, there is someone that I, I ought to have met since January. Till now, I've I said, because I feel I'm not ready to make that contact yet. Because when I make contact, it does, I don't lose it. I carry out research. What does this person like? When I give gifts, I just don't give mindless gifts. Yeah, okay. I want to meet a pastor. Every pastor wears tie. What kind of tie does he like? Now buy, buy tie inside nylon. Or nylon. <laughs> and I say, it's a bit sell tie. Every pastor uses tie now. Ah, no, no. You find out what kind of tie does he like? There are ties and there are ties. I'm just giving an illustration. Do you understand? You want to make a bank MD. What do bankers like? So you want favor with God. What does God like? He likes souls being saved. The Bible says, he says, there, there is much rejoicing in heaven over one soul that is saved. One. Every time you talk to someone about God, God is excited. He releases favor upon you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us, you have been saved for years. We have never won one soul. Something is wrong. You should check your own salvation itself, whether you are truly saved. Because when you watch a movie you enjoy, you talk to people about it, don't you? You do. Some of you get blessed in church. Naturally, you, get, you should talk to someone what you learned in church. I hear what I'm saying. Some of your neighbors did not go to church. And you get home and the next as you get home. You see, 
The more you talk about something you have learned, the more you remember it. The more you remember it. The more you remember it. That's one of the privileges of being a pastor. When I learn something from God's word, I don't just say, I talk about it, so it, be, it gets reinforced. So, as I'm talking about so winning, if I've not also won souls so in a while, I will remember I'm supposed to win souls. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So winning. That's, there is nothing as important to God on this earth like souls. Why do you build churches to put souls? The only thing that will last on this earth are the things you do for the kingdom of God. Every other thing will be lost. You won't take your car to heaven. I hope you know. You won't drive Jiwago in heaven. Because you won't even need it. You'll be able to appear and disappear. Like angels. <laughs> do you think God uses a chariot? When it's coming to the earth. Ah, oh yeah, run, 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 run. Faster, faster. No. You know, I just don't want to get into that. Not to mess with some people's mind. Do you know that heaven, as it were, is not one far away location. It's a dimension. So if God wants to appear, and it's not that God will be coming, or Jesus will be coming, well, move fast, run, 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 run. No, he appears. He gets, oh, we talk about that some other time. So when, so when, First Timothy 1.15, he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is Apostle Paul speaking, of whom I am chief. That's why he says, when you seek the kingdom of God, every other thing, every other thing includes favor. You see, so winning is done. Wagba, 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 Jesus, I hear Oh, repent or perish, repent. That's not so winning. So winning is being a witness. Just talk to someone. What has God done in your life? I hear what I'm saying. Why should someone else believe in the God you serve? It's as simple as that. Well, not harassing people with hell. If you don't give your life to Christ, you will born. <laughs> that, that's not what's good about that one. That's not good news. That's evil news. That's evil news. Present the gospel in a way that even people, are you serious? God did this for you? There is nobody here that can tell me that in the last 365 days, God has not done something for you. There is nobody. Not one. That's an opportunity to witness to someone. Something that you know that it is God that did it. You walk up to someone and you see someone struggling in that area. That's an opportunity for soul winning. That you know you can stop struggling with this thing. It's very easy. And the person is a major problem in that person's life. Someone is suffering from an addiction you have overcome. You don't see what this one you are struggling with. It's, it's very easy. You know, people try to use self-will to overcome addiction. It never works. Never works. Kingdom addiction. Next is a genuine desire. As I begin to round up this morning. A genuine desire. A genuine desire and desperation for favor. Favor will not come. You will never find favor with God except you are desperate for it. Except you are desperate for him. Except you are desperate for it. There must be a genuine desire. There must be a genuine desire. You see someone like Esther. Before Esther went unto the king, even though the king was her husband, the Bible says she fasted for three days and three nights, taking nothing. So when she appeared before the king, and the king favored her, it didn't just happen. That's why he started out telling us that nothing just happens. People might not tell you what they are doing, but they did something. If you see something consistently favored. Did Esther tell her husband, <laughs> I've been fasting for three days oh, to come and talk to you. She didn't do that. 
But she just appeared because she had spent time in God's presence. There was an horror around her that could not make the king say no to her. The king said, what do you want? He said, come to a feast. That was a stupid thing to say. Because the king was in his council meeting. I said, when they are having that council meeting, nobody, not even the king's mother must appear or else that person is gone. But he said, I want you to come and eat. Did I tell you I'm hungry? That's enough to get the king angry. He said, no problem, I'm coming. The king came. He said, what do you want? He said, come for another hour. A king, that, those kind of kings in their days, was, is a monarch. He's not, in all this time that, you know, husband and wife, they are friends. You know, he's not always like that. He can even get angry. You mean you are wasting my time just for food? Because what food does, do you want to cook for the king that he has not eaten before? He has access to all the cooks in the realm. There is nothing he wants to eat that nobody can supply. He said, come for another meal. That's favor. But what happened before that happened? She fasted and she prayed. Let me tell you this. Anything you have not prayed and fasted for, you are not desperate for. Anything. Some of you, you are doing business. There has never been a day since you have been doing that business that you fasted for that business. You are joking. You are joking. You are in an industry. You have never fasted for that industry. That father, in this industry, I must rise. <laughs> Some people have made sacrifices in that industry. You, you have not even prayed, not to talk of fasting. I know people that every week, they are not pastors, though, business people, every week they fast for their business. Every week. Every week. <laughs> every week. And last but not the least, is a lifestyle of praise. A lifestyle of praise. A lifestyle of praise. In Acts 2 and verse 47, the Bible says, praising God. And having favor with all the people. Did you see that? Praising God. And having favor with all the people. I know today is the first Sunday in the month of March. So we are going to praise God today. But before we praise God, we are going to do the crying part. We are going to pray this morning. I want us to see that scripture. Media, can you help us with it? Ask you for the seven. 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 Praises give access to favor. And it also keeps the flow of it. Praising God and what? Having favor with all the people. Praise and favor goes hand in hand. Praise and favor goes hand in hand. Sometimes you might just need to lock up yourself and just praise God. And just you might don't even need music. And if you need music, play a song. That's why you need to have the right songs on your phone because you cannot be playing the video and say you are praising God. Some of you, there are no songs you can use to praise God on your phone. And you want favor. The video can't give you favor now. Huh? Wizzy can give you favor. Can he? He can't. If it's a wrong atmosphere, we create in your room. <laughs> praise God. So right now, can we begin to praise God? Can we just praise God? What has he done for you this year? Just praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him, praise him for who he is. For being your healer. For being your lifter. For being your helper. Praise him for how much he has done for you. The songwriter says, what the Lord has done for me, I cannot tell it all. Oh, he said, he saved me and washed me even with his blood. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him. For the things he has done in the life of your children. For that time he healed your children. For the healing of your business. For the healing of your finances. Just praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Oh, we return all the glory to you this morning. 
Father, we say thank you. We honor you. We magnify you. We exalt you for your love toward us. For your protection and your preservation. For all you have done. For who you have been. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. For in Jesus name we have prayed. In Acts 16 and verse 14. The Bible says. And a certain woman named Lydia. A seller of purple. Of the city of the Atira. Which worshipped God. Had dust. Whose heart the Lord opened. That she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Did you see that? Who opened the heart of Lydia? Who opened the heart of Lydia? The Lord, not Paul. But it was as a result of the opening of her heart that made her to respond. You see, the seller of purple here is not just selling color purple. It simply means she was a successful businesswoman. Purple was the material of royalty. That's what royalty was. It simply means she was a cloth maker for kings. She was a wealthy woman. And the Bible says the Lord opened her heart that she had the things that were spoken by Paul. This morning you are going to lift up your voice. You are going to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, by your favor, cause the heart of my destiny helpers to be opened unto me in the name of Jesus. Somebody lift up your voice this morning and begin to pray. Lift up your voice, lift up your voice. In this month of March is a month of favor. Begin to decree and declare that by the favor of God and the art of destiny help us have been opened unto me in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that Father by your favor cause the hearts of destiny help us to be opened unto me like you opened the heart of Lydia unto the word spoken by Paul. Father I pray that you will open unto me the hearts of my destiny help us in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. In 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. The Bible says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me. It says, But there are many adversaries. You're going to lift up your voice this morning saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your favor open unto me. Destiny doors that no adversary will be able to close in the name of Jesus. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let your favor open unto me. Destiny doors that no adversary will be able to close in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin a prayer. Turn it into power. Turn it into prayer. By the favor of God and destiny doors that no adversary can close is being opened unto me in this month of March in the name of Jesus. Father in the name of Jesus, by your favor, open unto me destiny doors that no adversary will be able to close in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are praying. In Psalms 3 and verse 3, Psalms chapter 3 and verse 3, the Bible says, But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. 
you are going to say father in the name of Jesus by your favor lift me among my contemporaries and raise me above every competition say father in the name of Jesus by your favor in this month of March lift me and my contemporaries and raise me above every opposition in the name of Jesus lift up your voice and begin to decree and declare in this month of March on the authority of God's word I decree and declare I'm lifted by the favor of God among my contemporaries I stand out I shoot out and raise above every competition above every opposition in the name of Jesus in Jesus name we are prayed I decree and declare as God shepherd over this house that in this month of March we express the favor of God in this month of March we find favor the earth will you that increase to you in this month of March every cycle of stagnation is broken you will advance you will make progress you will do well the work of your hands will prosper in the name of Jesus whatever has stopped working I decree and declare a reactivation of those things whatever is dead or dying I speak life to it right now I say come alive every dead business comes alive every dead career comes alive every dead finances comes alive in the name of Jesus if there is anyone under the sound of my voice who has a failing health I decree and declare. Let your strength be renewed like that of an ego. In the name of Jesus. This month you will have testimonies. Testimonies upon testimonies. Those that you never could have opened by yourself will open unto you. By the favor of God you will be singled out. You will stand out. Your head will be lifted. Your hands will be strengthened. This month you will know what to do. The favor of God will bring helpers to you. In the name of Jesus. Helpers will come to you from the north. They will come from the south. They will come from the east. They will come from the west. You will not be ashamed. In the name of Jesus. I decree and declare wherever shame is looming. In this month of March. The help of God will step in. In the name of Jesus. Everything that has been considered impossible in your life. I decree and declare they are now made possible. In the name of Jesus. As I've said this so shall it be. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If you believe and receive it. Why don't you say a very big amen? amen. Come and celebrate the Lord Jesus this morning.